Father, we thank you because you've already done so much. And now you just have to seal it because our faith is so charged that we believe that you're going to do exactly what you said you would do. So we thank you for opening our ears to hear your word, opening our eyes to see clearly what your path is for us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated as the children are being dismissed for youth ministry, and if there are gaps and the children have moved, you're more than welcome to move in a little closer. Let's have family style today. I do want to also make mention of uh, Sister Rose Roundtree. Uh, today it has been brought to my attention that uh, she is leaving us. And uh, I almost feel like I'm misinformed because uh, I know she couldn't just jump up and leave us like that. Um, but uh, I understand that she is moving away. And she's been a longtime member and a great contributor of uh, the ministry here. And we do love her and appreciate for her for the contribution that she has made. And so I don't know if we'll see you again. Um, and she says no. So let's just wish her a great farewell. Let's clap our hands and thank God for Sister Rose Roundtree. And uh, we pray that the grace of God be go with you and that uh, your path will be outlined for you and that everything that your heart desires, that God will bless you with it. We also want to welcome your son who is in church with you today. God bless you all. Amen. Thank you so much. I want to turn your attention. Uh, it's a good husband around here today, Brother Christopher Adele. He let me know that his wife is not here, but she is an entrepreneur, and she makes Stacy's cakes. And when you want more than just another cake, uh, Stacy has what you need. Amen. All right. So thank God for that. Isn't that nice? Amen. Families to work together like that. Amen. All right. I want to go quickly uh, today. I am excited. Anybody want to move closer? Come on then. Just move that way. Come on down. There you go. I see. There you go. Come on down. God be the glory. I want to um, talk today uh, for for a few moments, and I'm not going to um, not going to talk long. Just so that we can uh, be comfortable together in this conversation. Somebody said to me as we were traveling uh, the other yesterday. They said, "Now is it?" You know, are y'all going to try to change us at church? I said, no, we're not going to try to change you. You just come like you are. Matter of fact, we're going to be talking about it a little later, right after the message. But uh, next month, uh, we're just going to be in our T-shirts. Amen. Amen. And, um, and uh, we're just going to be excited about what God uh, has done for us. And it's hard finding something to wear to church. It was, it was, uh, uh, my wife kind of questioned me about what I had on today. And, uh, you know, well, thank you. But, you know, I told her, I said, this is all I had. 
to put on. You know, sometimes when you are when you got when you're wearing uh, suits and dress shirts and all the time, you know, it just goes right to the cleaners. You can only wear it once if you preach the way I preach, and then you have to put it in the cleaners, and, and then your hundred dollar, two hundred dollar cleaning bill. Then you got to go run a week of revival in order to be able to uh, get your clothes out the cleaners. Amen. But if all we have to do is pull our T-shirt out, that's going to be easy. And shouldn't nobody be late for church. Amen. So, um, praise God. Uh, I took my jacket off, not because I was going to holler and scream that was my original point but just because I want to be comfortable and I want y'all to feel comfortable uh, in this conversation today that we're going to have as well I want to turn your attention firstly to um, Revelation and I'm going to announce my subject first because I have a few scriptures that I will lead you to uh, I want to um, ask you a question today and that question is what happened want to know what happened. Not trying to be nosy, um, not trying to get uh, into your business, um, not trying to make you feel uncomfortable. I'm not really judging you or trying to put you on the spot, but I'd like to know what happened. Um, something has changed. There seems to be a need for recovery. And uh, if we are to ever recover, then that means that we must acknowledge that something happened to us. It caused us to be in the place that we are in now, which is not the place that we were originally intended to be. It doesn't even look like the place we were trying to go. Doesn't look like where we started. It certainly doesn't look like where we want to finish. So what happened? John the Revelator records these words that are given to him as he is experiencing revelations and Jesus is talking in this revelation. And he is talking to the churches. He is talking to the churches. He is talking to the church. So he talks to um, the church of Ephesus. And he says, write these things, saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. He said, I know thy works. I know thy labor and thy patience and how thou cannot bear them which are evil. I know you. Thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars. You never used to just follow anybody. You were not so vulnerable in times past. He said, and you have borne and has patience and for my name's sake, you have labored and you didn't faint. You used to be faithful. 
said, nevertheless, I have somewhat against you. I got a little problem with you. Got an art against you because you have left your first love. Mm. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent and do the first works. Or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hateth the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. The second chapter, I didn't tell you that? Revelation, the second chapter. I'm sorry. Do I need to read it over? Y'all got it? Revelation, the second chapter. Read it over. I'll begin to read in the first work, in the second verse, rather. It says, I know thy works. And thy labor and thy patience and how thou cannot bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them to be liars. And hast borne and hast patience. And for my name's sake has not, uh, has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent and do thy first works. Or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove the candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Once again, I want to ask you what happened. Uh, this today is a, is a sobering word. It is, it is um, a word that may produce discomfort because of the fact that uh, we don't really like to be called on the carpet. We don't like to be called in question. We like for people to talk to us and build us up and only highlight the good things about ourselves. Talk about the wonderful things, the nice things, the pleasant things. Tell you that you're a wonderful person and God's got great things in store for you. But it's very uncomfortable when uh, we hear something that says that something is out of order in your life. Um, but Jesus looked at the church for which he died and became discouraged in this vision given to John the Revelator. He said, I know you. I, I, I know you all. I know uh, the church of Ephesus. I know you. Um, I know you to be faithful, I know you to be diligent. I know you to be committed. And I know you to only obey 
the words of truth. But something has changed. Your demeanor has changed. Your posture has changed. Your attitude has changed. And therefore, I have something against you. Um, he says that even though I have something against you and I've seen that you have changed and I see that something happened and caused a separation between the two of us, I am reminded of the fact that there is still hope for you because you still hate what I hate. You still hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. And the Nicolaitans were a uh, religious sect. They were uh, a Gnostic group of individuals who did not believe um, in the oneness of the Godhead. They did not believe that there was only one God. They believed that there were multiple gods. They did not believe that their devotion had to be strictly uh, toward God, but that they could give their devotion to other different directions and areas, just like some of the thought processes that we hear today. And unfortunately, even by some of the ones that you celebrate, like I.E. Oprah Winfrey. who says that God is whatever you want it to be. And you can just think yourself into a godly place and that we should seek a higher power and not to identify who that power is. But I want you to know that there is a name that is above every name. And at that name, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. And that name is Jesus. Oh yes, our God does have a name. It is not an inanimate object. You cannot just believe in anything. You cannot get them little Buddhas out your house. Get the luck charms out of your house. Stop, stop wearing that stuff. Stop tattooing your body with stuff that you cannot explain or interpret. Now y'all got mad at me. But I'm trying to help you today. Sometimes we are living under curse. You done put a curse on your neck. You can't read that. You don't, you, you don't know what that says. And I wish we had some folks in here that do nails. Because you need to go to somebody to get your nails done. That when they start talking, you understand what they're saying. Now, I don't mean no harm, but Oprah did this special a couple years ago. In the, in the nail shop, the, this, the, the lady went in and sat down to get her nails done, and they started talking. <laughs> and they recorded it, and they interpreted it. She was calling all kind of fat so-and-sos and this, that, and the other, and stupid and dumb and I wish we had some nail shops owned by our people in our own neighborhood. But don't let me get on, don't let me get on that soapbox. 
today. But there is only one God. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Buddha is not God. Confucius is not God. Muhammad is not God. Krishna is not God. Your mama is not God. Your daddy is not God. You are not a little demigod. You are not a little g-god. You are not. You are, I'm sorry. You're not. There is only one God. And so he said, I've got a hope for you because at least you got enough sense to get up and come to the house of God. I got hope for you because at least you're in church today. You acknowledge that I am God. So, so, so I got hope that you can recover, but I got to let you know that you're not in the place where not only in the place where you should be, but you're not even in the place where you used to be. I want to know what happened to you. You lost your enthusiasm. You lost your excitement. You lost your vigor. You lost your joy. And I'm beginning to believe that you've lost your love. You have turned away from your first love. Because if you loved it like you used to love, the behavior that you're demonstrating now, you wouldn't demonstrate. Because love would make you do some things even when you don't feel like doing it. Oh, you want to know what love's got to do with it? Love is a driving force behind your action. It is love that caused Jesus to hang on the cross. It was love that caused Jesus to drink of the bitter cup. It was love that caused him to die for your sin. Love got everything to do with it. Said your love has waxed cold something is wrong something is wrong here and I just want to bring you into remembrance he said remember therefore from whence thou art fallen remember the place where you used to be remember the place where you came from remember where you have fallen from remember when you first came in contact with Jesus remember when you first developed a relationship with Jesus remember when you first came into the truth how excited about God you were how glad you were to testify and tell everybody about what Jesus did for you you went and got Jesus tattooed across your chest you were carrying a Bible everywhere you went. You were the first person to show up at church. You were the last person to leave. You were just excited about coming into relationship with me. But what happened somewhere down the line, you took for granted the fact that I've always been there for you. You took for granted the fact that I protected you and I provided for you and I cared for you. You took for granted and then you got angry with me because even after everything Everything I did for you. You got confused what our relationship should have been about. And you thought that it was just about what I could do for you. And not about what you could do for me. But I believe it was Robert Kennedy that said don't ask what your country can do for you. But ask what you can do for your country. And Micaiah Young is saying today stop asking what God can do for you. And start asking what you can do for God. 
Oh, yeah, can I tell you in here today? I come to hit today, and I want to hit everything that's standing. I want you to know in here today, it's time out for you to criticize your church, talking about what the church is not providing for you, what the church is not doing for you, who the church has not been for you. But what have you been to your church? Where are you when we need help? Where are you when the bathroom need to be cleaned? Where are you when papers on the floor need to be picked up? Where are you when the church is time to be opened up and there's nobody there? Where are you? Where, 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 where are you? Yeah, we got a lot of opinions. We are opinionated. We love to talk about what we think and how we think. But let me tell you, until you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you don't even qualify to express your opinion. I need somebody to say, keep it to yourself. You don't qualify. No, 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 no. You don't qualify because you are just a critic because there's a tick on the inside of you of misery and unhappiness and because you don't want to deal with the insufficiency in your own life you want to cast on everything and everybody else but let me tell you something things are not going to get right until you get right is it all right today he says here he says that uh uh thou thou uh uh, hatest the deeds of, of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. But he said first, he said, remember where you came from, where you fell from, and then repent and do your first works over. Now let me say one more thing about the Nicolaitans. The Nicolaitans, they were a group of individuals who believed not only that you could serve multiple gods, but they also believed that we were not bound by the laws of the word of God, and so we did not have to abide by the tenets of the doctrine of holiness and sanctification because they believe that because of grace and mercy you could sin and enjoy the pleasure of sin without any repercussions because they felt as if God released us from that but somebody said the devil is a liar and so what Jesus was saying is I still got hope for you because you have not gone all the way to that mindset you still have a conscience you still feel wrong when you mess up you still feel bad when you sin you still feel like you need to be in the house of the Lord you still feel like you need God but if you are not careful you are skating on thin ice and if you don't get back to the place where you belong you are going to fall in a world of trouble and you're going to be in a situation where you will not be able to recover from somebody say help us Lord so he said that I need for you to remember where you came from. Yeah. Yet sometimes in order for a relationship to be rekindled, you cannot focus on today. Can I get a witness in here? In order for a relationship that the flame has kind of gone out, you cannot focus on what's going on right now. Because if you think about today, you're going to be so mad at that joker. You're going to be so mad at that person that you're not even going to ever be able to see any hope. When you think about what they did to you today, 
when you think about how they made you mad today, ain't no love flowing nowhere. I can't get no real folk in this place today. When you think about how she did you, when you think about how he mistreated you, when you think about how that used to be your boy, that used to be your girl, that used to be your home, and y'all used to hang together. When you think about what they did to you to, to divide the relationship, then ain't no love flowing. But if you can go way back to the beginning before you started having problems, way back to the beginning before you started having issues, if you can go way back to the beginning when you used to enjoy long Sunday evenings just riding, letting your hair blow in the wind, you didn't have a care in the world. When you can go back to that time when you thought, oh, you just got Google eyed and all kind of stuff and you just looked up in his face. If you can go back to that time, then it will give you a place where you can now rekindle the flame. Somebody say, you might not be able to think about today, but if you think about yesterday where you began and maybe you might have a chance to have the flame reignited again. I just want to challenge you today. If you can't praise God off of where you are today, go back in your mind and think about when you first met the Lord. Go back in your mind and think about how excited you were. Go back in your mind and think about how happy you were when Jesus first came into your life and resonate in that thought and say, Lord, do it again in me. Somebody wave your hand and say, do it again. Do it again. Do it again in me. Mm. Yes, yes. He said, uh, uh, remember therefore where you came from and do your first works. In other words, do your first works over again. And if you don't, uh, I will come unto thee quickly and I will remove that candlestick out of its place. Uh, except thou repent. In other words, uh, this is a life or death matter. Uh, if you do not not repent and start over uh, from where God brought you from and start over uh, go back rather to the old path uh, then God said that I'm going to remove the candlestick uh, I am going to leave you in the dark uh, and in the dark is doom and devastation for you uh, it is the point of no return and no recovery uh, he said you've got to repent uh, can we talk about repentance for the next minute or so uh, repentance does not mean that you're saying that I'm sorry uh, that's why a whole lot of relationships have not gotten healed today uh, because sorry didn't do it uh, is there anybody here that know that sorry didn't do it uh, are you tired of hearing I'm sorry uh, I'm tired of you beating me upside my head uh, stomping on me uh, and telling me that you're sorry uh, I'm tired of that uh, but I I need you to not say that I'm sorry, huh? but I need you to say I'm not going to do it again. Huh? And I need you to back up what you say huh? with your actions. Huh? I'm tired of arguing about the same thing huh? over and over again, huh? but I want to see some improvement. Huh? As a matter of fact, I don't even want to have another conversation about it. Huh? I just want you to prove to me where your heart is is uh, by your action. Uh, you can talk until you're blue in the face. Uh, but my brother, my sister, if you can't put no action behind uh, what you say, uh, what you say don't matter. Uh, love is what love does. Uh, love is an action word. Uh, if you love me, you'll take care of me. Uh, if you love me, you'll treat me nice. Uh, if you love me, you'll stop abusing me. Uh, if you love me, you'll be nice to me. Uh, love is what love does and not what love says. 
Yeah, he said you got to repent. So understand that repentance is, yes, an acknowledgement. It is an acknowledgement of what you have done wrong. But it is also, uh, it is an action. Uh, when you repent, you turn uh, from a behavior you are abandon it uh, and you go in a completely different direction. Uh, I come to tell you in here today that God is saying uh, what happened to you. Uh, I realize that you're not where you used to be uh, but I'm calling for repentance. Uh, I'm calling for you to return uh, and abandon where you are uh, and return to me. Uh, he said uh, I will restore you if you repent. Uh, he said now listen, there are a number of groups of people uh, that sit amongst us. I'm not crazy. Uh, I understand that when I get up here to preach, uh, everybody's not going to like what I say. Uh, I know that everybody's not going to agree. Uh, everybody's not going to support it. Uh, and everybody is not going to change. Uh, but I love God uh, because he's a bold brother. Uh, I love God uh, because he ain't intimidated by nobody. Uh, I love God because he not threatened by you. Huh? He doesn't tiptoe over you. Huh? You know, we try to tiptoe over people. Huh? That's why I take my glasses off because I can't see y'all. Huh? So I don't have to wonder who is with it and who ain't. Huh? Yeah, when we know your business, we may not like to hurt your feelings. Huh? So we may skirt around little issues huh? because we don't want you to think we're talking about you. Huh? But what I love about God huh, is that God said, I don't care who like it. Huh? I don't care who don't like it. Huh? But I'm giving it to everybody. Huh? And he who had an ear to hear uh, let them hear what the spirit is saying to the church uh, he who want to get right uh, to the boy to the girl to the man to the woman uh, who knows you're dead wrong uh, but you want your life to get in order uh, hear what the spirit is saying to the church uh, and if you eat it you'll live and you won't die we're living in a day and a time now where people can't take nothing, can't take correction. You're getting your feelings hurt and getting mad and staying home from church. Listen, somebody ought to be able to tell you something. It is for your good. If you hear the word, if you listen to it, if you eat it, if you digest it, it will do you some good. But if you neglect to listen to the word of God, it will bring you to the end of your life. You will destroy yourself. You better tell somebody, you better to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Don't be scared. I'm bold today. I transfer boldness. Look at somebody and say, check yourself before you wreck yourself. check yourself before you wreck yourself. He said, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Isn't that interesting? He said that he that hath an ear to hear. First of all, when we look at uh, the tree of life, which is in the garden, this is synonymous with the beginning of time when Adam and Eve were placed in the garden of Eden. And because of sin, I wish I had somebody, because of sin, they were separated from the presence of God. They were separated from the place where God originally intended for them to be. And so here, that was in the beginning. That was in Genesis. That was in the beginning. Here is the end of the book. This is the revelation that God is giving to John, the Johannan writer, explaining to him God's final plans for the earth and for the people of God prior to their ascension to their heavenly home. Here, he he is saying to them that you have been separated. You have 
fallen out of good graces with God. You have been disconnected from the place of sweet fellowship and communion with God. He said, but if you listen and if you repent, not only will I take you back to the place where you began, but I'll take you to the place where I intended for you to be. I'm not going to just take you to your start, but I'm going to take you to the garden. I'm going to take you to where it all began, and I'm going to give you back the tree of life. I'm going to give you back what I intended for my people. I'm going to not just take you back to your beginning, but I'm going to take you to the place of divine intention. I'm going to take you to a place of increase. I'm going to take you to the place beyond your wildest imagination if you would hear my word and repent. I got to say to some of you in here, you may be saying, Pastor, you may not be talking to me because this is just my beginning. I, I really don't have a place where I started out. I've never really walked with the Lord. But I want you to hear me clearly understand that this is not just about where you started in your natural or your spiritual journey. But this word is for humankind in totality. This word is talking about us repenting and going to the place where God wants us to be. Uh, yes, understand that the life that you have been living, if you were living in sin, uh, was not the place where God intended for you to be. Mm. No, no, no. You were not designed to live in sin. Mm. You were not designed uh, to live beneath your privilege. Uh, you were designed to live in holiness. Uh, you were designed to live in righteousness. Uh, you were designed to serve God. Uh, you were designed to, to please God. Uh, and so what God is saying now, uh, you're in this place and you're hearing the word. Uh, and I need you to repent of your sins. Uh, and I need you to return to the place uh, that I intended for you to be. Uh, you don't understand that when you were created uh, not just when you were born uh, but before you were born I had plans for you uh, before you were born I had thoughts concerning you uh, before you were born I ordained you to be holy uh, but you made the decision to live in sin uh, you made the decision to be disobedient uh, you made the decision to be rebellious uh, I want you to return uh, to the thoughts that I had for you uh, I want you to return uh, and become the man or the woman of God huh, that I created you to be. Huh? I need somebody to say that God created me huh, to be a holy person. Huh? Come on, say God created me huh, to be a righteous person. Huh? God created me huh, to live for him. Now let me take you into the word of God. Five minutes and I'm going to close. Not going to holler today. Take you to Galatians, the fifth chapter. Galatians, the fifth chapter, uh, here we find uh, the Apostle Paul is talking once again. And, and he is talking uh, to another group of individuals, uh, but this is the same type of church family that he is talking to, just as the church of Ephesus. He is talking to the church of God. He is talking to people. He is talking to Morris Cathedral Life Center, the church in the heart of the center, with the, the city rather, with the city at its heart. He is talking to us today. Uh, and here Paul is saying uh, in the fifth chapter, first of all, he says, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. Uh, and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. He is warning them. He is telling them God has delivered you. Uh, do not 
backslide. Uh, God has delivered you. Uh, don't turn back. You've come too far. Uh, somebody say, I've come too far. Uh, is there anybody here that said, I've come too far? Uh, yes, I feel like shouting real quick uh, because you don't know where I came from. Uh, I've come too far to go back. Uh, I'm not everything I'm supposed to be. Uh, but thank God I've come a long way. Uh, and I'm not going to forfeit the blessing of the Lord uh, to allow anything or anybody uh, to cause me to get sidetracked and go back. Uh, can I get about five or six witnesses in here uh, that will be honest? and say yes I've come from a long way I've come from humble beginnings I've come from a bitter past I haven't dotted every I I haven't crossed every T I made some mistakes and some of the stuff I did it wasn't even a mistake I walked into it because I wanted to do it I done some lying, some cheating, some thieving, some stealing. I've been conniving, manipulative, dirty, and just low down, rotten, and nasty. But I've come from there. God has delivered me, and he's still working on me. And I don't want to mess up now and go back uh, to the place uh, that I began in sin uh, but I want to find the place where I began in my walk with the Lord uh, so be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage I need you to high five somebody and say don't go back don't go back don't go back don't go back to sin don't go back to sin come on tell somebody else don't go back to sin come on tell them don't go back to sin Come on, tell them God brought us from too far. I need you to preach to somebody. Tell them God brought us from too far. Don't go back to your sin. Don't go back to your sin. Don't go back to your clubbing and to your raggedy living. Don't go back to your drinking. Don't go back to your drugs. Don't go back to your sexing. Don't go back to being nasty. Don't go back to your bad attitude. Don't go back to being hateful. Don't go back to being miserable. Don't go back to getting high. Don't go back to cheating. Don't go back to, don't go back to it. You were in that mess. You were tangled up in that. Don't go back to that. Now say, why would you do that? Come on, say, why would you do that? What I love about John in Revelation is he says that Jesus says, remember the place from whence you fell. But Paul says, remember the place you ended up when you fell. You see, the dichotomy is a juxtaposition. He says, John says, remember where you were before you fell. Paul says, remember where you ended up when you fell. So Jesus says, remember where you came from in God and go back to that. And Paul says, now that you are in the place where you have a spiritual mind, look down and remember where you used to be and don't go there. And if you can do anything, start climbing. Start climbing, 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 climbing. Don't go down, but go up, climb to higher ground. 
He said, be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. I love the way that he describes this. He describes it as bondage. He says, I want you to remember when you were in sin, it controlled you. It, what is a yoke? A yoke is something that's used for oxen. A yoke is something that is put around an ox's neck and it's connected to something else. And it is an apparatus that is used to control the direction of that ox. When you were in sin, sin controlled you. Sin told you what to do. It told you where to go. Sin got you up in the middle of the night and made you walk in the streets looking for a fix to get high. Sin had you acting in a way that your mama didn't train you to be. Sin had you not acting like a lady. It had you acting like something else. Sin didn't have you acting like a dignified man but it had you acting like a hobo in the street. Sin had you going from place to place living beneath your privileges. Sin had you in degradation. Sin told you where to go. Sin told you what to eat. Sin told you who to hang out with. Sin told you what to open up your mouth and say it controlled you. You didn't have no control. You were just out of control. Anybody here ever been out of control? Just out of control. Sin didn't have no brakes on it. Uh, sin didn't let you stop when you wanted to. Uh, but you just got deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper involved. Uh, and you were miserable. You were inebriated. You were under the influence, under the control uh, of something else. You didn't even know how to get over that thing. Uh, yeah, I'm going to talk to those of you today that are struggling with certain substances. Uh, you still need to be delivered from your drinking problem. Uh, everybody got a problem. We all have been delivered from something. Uh, but let me tell you something for those of you who say, well, Pastor, why can't I drink? Why you keep talking about my alcohol? Huh? Why can't I drink? Huh? I want you to understand that anything that is assigned the name of a spirit huh, is not something that you need to be under the influence under. Huh? No spirit should you be under the influence under other than the Holy Spirit. Huh? And the reason why it is called a spirit huh, is because it takes control of you. Huh? It suppresses who you are huh, and it transforms you into something huh, that you should not be. Huh? Well, pastor, it's alright for me to drink a little bit every now and then. Huh? Yeah, but let me tell you something. Huh? If you're not supposed to be drunk with wine, huh, how do you know at what point you're going to be drunk? Huh? The only way I know not to get drunk is not to drink. You see, understand that anything that you give influence over your life, you allow it to make decisions for you, it is in control of you, and then it becomes your God, it becomes your leader, and then you are not in control of your actions or your activities, and if it is not submitted to the will of God, it will lead you into a path that will destroy you. Somebody say, kill it before it kills you. Say it like you mean to kill it before it kills you. No, no, no. I got to kill this thing. Can't get no help. I got to kill this thing. It's trying to destroy me. I got to kill it before it kills me. Let me hurry up. I'm done. I'm done. Somebody say he's done. He said, stand fast in liberty where with Christ has made you free. Be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. 
He said, Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing, for I testify against, uh, again to every man that is circumcised, that he is a debtor to the whole law. Christ has become of no effect to you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which he worketh by love. Now, Pastor, what are you talking about? I don't understand all that stuff about being circumcised and what have you. What he's talking about is the law. It was the law. They thought that by being physically circumcised that that meant that you were saved and that made you exempt from living the life that God demands for us to live. But listen, you cannot go around God's word. You cannot go around God's word. You have to live holy. And so Jesus said, no, I'm not teaching against the law. I'm not teaching against circumcision. But I'm trying to teach you that it's not about what you do physically. It's about what's going on in your heart. And before you can get circumcised physically, before you go through all of these religious practices, you need your heart to be in the right place. Before we teach you how to dress up and all that kind of stuff and look the part and act the part, we need to teach you how to be the part. We need to teach you how to be a member of the church. I mean the real church. The church that's not just in these four walls, but the church that's on the street corner. The church that's in your house. We need to teach you how to live saved everywhere you go. Somebody say we're required to be saved every day, all day. Come on, say every day, all day. We don't take breaks in this thing. So you are saved at home. You are saved in front of your children. You don't go upside your children's head for no good reason just because you didn't have a good day at work. You are saved every day, all day. That's why they are looking at you crazy in church when you are running around the church. You are jumping up. You are shouting. You are acting a fool. It's not enough people that can hold you down and contain you because now they are looking at you crazy because of the lifestyle you live at home and they are confused and you mad at them because they ain't shouting uh, but they are innocent Jesus said except you become like a child uh, you're not going to enter into the kingdom of heaven uh, so they're not getting saved and delivered because you ain't really delivered uh, and so they know all of your business uh, and they don't think this is real uh, because you're not living nothing before them Ah, uh, uh, you got to live the life all day every day uh, you got to live the life at home uh, and be very careful because kids today are not like kids yesterday uh, we would get killed uh, if we walked out the house and told our mama's business uh, we would get beat with an extension cord I know I'm sorry I know defects or child protective service might be in here but we would get beat with a frying pan uh, we would almost lose our life that's how am I telling the truth uh, if we walked out the house and told what went on in the house uh, we were told what goes on in this house uh, stays in this house uh, but now your kids are out of control uh, they are coming to church uh, and in children's church uh, they talking about what you did last night uh, they are naming all all of your boyfriends. Uh, they are naming who was in your house on Monday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, and the three men that were there on Friday. Uh, they are talking about it uh, and they are confused. Uh, now, I'm not saying that you never made a mistake uh, and that you're going to be perfect in front of your children. Uh, you're going to mess up. You're going to do some wrong things. Uh, but Jesus said, do your first works over. Uh, do it again. Uh, if you messed up, uh, if you shacked up in front of baby, little Johnny, and little Sally, and Susie, uh, go back 
to them. And tell them, say, come here, little Bobby. Let's sit down over a home-cooked meal. Mama made you some fresh greens. I've got you some good baked chicken. I've got some dressing on the table. I've got some sweet tea. Let's sit down and have a family dinner. You remember when little Bobo was over here last week? Yeah. You remember them little noises you was hearing out the room? Yeah. You remember when Johnny was here yesterday? Yeah. You remember how you saw mommy kissing and acting crazy like a hooker in the living room in front of you? Yeah. You remember when daddy was getting high in the living room in the kitchen? Yeah. You remember when I beat your behind because you were cussing at daycare? Yeah. You remember when I beat your behind because I caught you playing with cigarettes? Yeah. Well, let me tell you, mommy is sorry. What she did was wrong. I didn't have no business with them nasty men up in this house huh, in front of you. Huh? Daddy is wrong. Huh? I didn't have no business getting high huh, up in front of you. Huh? And I shouldn't have beat you huh, for what you did huh? because what you did, huh, you wouldn't have done it huh, if you didn't see me doing it first. Huh? But from now on, from now on, Dessa, from now on, uh, we're going to do things different. Uh, now, listen, now, I done told you I'm sorry. Uh, now, you ain't going to hold me in bondage uh, to my past anymore either. Uh, now, if you go to children's church uh, and you tell them what I did uh, last week, uh, after I told you that I'm sorry, uh, I'm going to beat your behind because uh, you ain't let me get free. Uh, now, it's over. Uh, I need you to high-five somebody uh, and say it's over. Uh, that's what I used to be uh, but I ain't that no more uh, the Bible said let him that stole uh, steal no more uh, let him that lied uh, lie no more uh, let him that cheated uh, cheat no more uh, I used to do that uh, but I don't do it no more uh, I used to be that uh, but I ain't that no more uh, I used to be a pimp uh, ain't no pimp no more uh, used to be a hoe uh, ain't no hoe no more uh, used to be an addict uh, ain't no addict no more. Uh, I'm a sanctified man, uh, a holy woman. Uh, I got the right mind now. Uh, I got the right attitude now. Uh, I'm going to church. Uh, I'm holding my head up. Uh, I'm going to sit on the front row. Uh, I'm going to clap uh, when it's time to testify. Uh, I'm going to testify. Uh, I'm going to say, I thank God. Uh, I know you know what I used to be. Uh, I know you know what I used to do. Uh, but I thank God uh, that he saved me. Uh, he picked me up, uh, turned me around, uh, placed my feet uh, on solid ground. I've been changed. I've been changed. But finally, 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 yes. Finally, Paul said, uh, in the seventh verse, he said, "Ye didn't run well. Who hindered you that you should not obey the truth? He said, this persuasion comes not from uh, him that called you, but a little leaven, leavens the whole lump. He said, I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubled you shall bear his judgment. And whosoever he be. Uh, 
He said, I want to know what happened to you. He said, but I want to remind you that you've been called to be sanctified. You've been called to be holy. You've been called to live right. I need you to stand to your feet and say, I was made to live right. Say, I was made to live saved. I was made to be clean. I was made to walk in deliverance. I was made to walk in holiness. I was made to walk in righteousness. I was made to please God. Say, I'm a holy person. From the crown of my head to the sole of my feet, I am holy. I want to tell you, I'm done, everybody standing. Whatever happened to you that caused you to slip away, whatever happened to you that caused you to be stale, caused you to be stagnant, not to have a made-up mind, caused you to be carnal, whatever it was, whatever happened, it's time for us to let that thing go now and thank God for another chance. I'm so glad that God let me come to church today. I'm glad about that because, see, he didn't have to let me come. He could have killed me in my mess. Yeah, yeah, he could have killed me in my mess because, see, when you don't live safe, God doesn't owe you nothing. The devil is your boss. So when you live in sin, God is not obligated to you. He's not obligated to protect you. He's not obligated to cover you. No. But because he loves us, he said, I'm going to give them enough chance, enough time to get themselves right. But if you don't do it now, it's now or never. I heard that in my spirit all day today. We got to do it. We got to do it. We got to do it. Let's do this. 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 It's now or never. If you don't do it now, you'll never have a chance. I'm, I, even personally and individ and collectively as a church if we don't do this thing we're not going to do it God gives us a window of opportunity we want to do the best we can while we can all that we can for God Whew. you're here today pastor is me I was running I was doing good but something hindered me. Something got in the way. And can I tell you, I really don't, I didn't have time to go into everything. I got an excellent Bible study lesson on Thursday night. I got a... I got an excellent lesson. I want to talk to you on Thursday night about how we want to do better, but we don't know how. I don't want to be this way, but I know how. I don't know how to be different. I'll talk to you about that on Thursday night. But let me tell you something. I didn't get to get into this, but sometimes, sometimes the who. So y'all didn't want to answer it, Sister Patton. Cause either my 
brother, my sister, y'all, see, y'all didn't want to answer me when I said what happened. Because the truth of the matter is, we couldn't find nobody to blame. Is that right, mother? We couldn't find nobody to blame. And so it hurt our feelings, Giselle. It hurt our feelings when we found out that the problem was us. It was nobody else. We were blaming everybody for what they did and how they felt and what they didn't do. But the real problem was us. It was me. It was you. It was what we didn't do. How we were I made up in my mind, I'm going to live for God. I made that up in my mind. I'm not going to let nobody stop me, Sister Walker. God been telling me for, for, for forever, fast, 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 pray, fast, pray, fast, pray. Call the church on a fast. Call the church to shut in. And then every time God speaks that to me, I keep hearing, well, we got this going on. We got that going on. They're going to say we're doing too much. And they're going to say this. And, and they're going to say that. And God spoke to me this morning on the Rucker in the 8 o'clock service and said, you got to obey me. Listen, there are no more excuses. Stop blaming your husband. Stop blaming your wife. Stop blaming your children. If they mad at you all the time, they're going to stay mad. Obey God. Well, it's the kids, the kids, the kids, the kids, the kids. Don't let the kids hinder you. Some of us, we get depressed. We get depressed easily. You know, it's people that we don't even live with that get on our nerves. Your mama got on your nerves. Your daddy got on your nerves. Your sister that lived across town got on your nerves. And it discouraged you, depressed you, made you just stay at home come to church because they just, they made me so mad. We got to grow beyond that. Because God wants to know what are you doing. I ain't letting nobody stop me. You can be mad if you want to. Because God's will is what I want for my life. You're here today, you say, Pastor, that's me. That's me, that's what I want. Slip your hands up, that's me. That's what I want. Not everybody, just those that want it. Just those, just those that want it. Slip your hands up. Because he said, let he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Everybody don't have an ear. I'm glad that God could get me back together. I've been off track, but I'm glad that God can get me back together. And this time I want it to stick. I want it to work this time. Anybody here say, I want it to work this time. I want it to stick. I want to be committed this time. I don't want to have a reputation that I don't stick with nothing. Do your first work. So go back and pick it up. Start all over again. You got discouraged. Something knocked you down. Start all over again. I got up this morning in my spirit. I said, yeah, we will get 2,000 souls. I said, yeah, we will do it. We will do it. We will have the money that we need. We will be the church that God intended for us to be. We're not going to be a church full of babies forever. 
And I'm not talking about little babies. I want y'all to keep having them. I'm talking about spiritual babies. Some of us going to grow up. Some of us are going to grow up. Some of us going to be evangelists, preachers, deacons, teachers. Lift your hand up as you use it, Pastor. It's me today. I'm not about to call you to the altar. This is personal. But where you are in your seat, your hands lifted, I want you to ask God to forgive you for falling by the wayside. Ask God to forgive you for the sin that may be in your life. Ask him to deliver you. Lord, I repent. I'm running back to you. Turning back to you. Have your way in my life. Deliver me from sin and evil in Jesus' name. Now come on, you talk to God. Talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him. You pray on your own. You may not be a strong prayer person, but God, you can tell him anything. Whatever you want to tell him. Lord, I love you. God, I want to be saved. I want... I need your help in my life. I need peace. I need victory. God, I'm not everything that I'm supposed to be, but God, I need, I need you to help me. God, I don't have the joy I used to have. I don't praise you like I used to. I don't pray like I used to. I don't fast. I, my mind is preoccupied with all kinds of other things, but God, I'm turning back to you today. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, I know you called me. I know I'm a preacher. I know I'm an evangelist. I know I'm supposed to be a minister. I know I've got a job to do in the church. I know you called me, but I'm distracted today. Lord, help me. Help me today. Help me today. Thank you, Jesus. Help me today by your power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to pray a prayer, one more prayer. And when I say amen, if you're here today and you have not been walking with God. You've not been living a Christian life. But today you're saying that I'm ready to start on a journey of living for God. I don't know how to do it, but I'm willing to try. And if you help me, I'll do the best I can. Father, in Jesus' name, when I say amen, I want you to come to the altar if that's you. Say, I need to be a Christian. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray, God, that you would cover all these people under your blood, that you would help them today. God, let them be what you want them to be. Change their mind and their heart. Give them a new start, a new commitment, a new dedication to your kingdom. Now, those that are not saved, I pray that you would save them today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If there's one of you that say, I need to be a Christian, yes, I need a life that is pleasing to God. There you go. Come on, who else? Is there someone else I need? Come on. I, I'm waiting on you. You may be a backslider, whatever, but you're in a critical state and you need God in your life. Come on. Come on. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. Heaven is rejoicing over this one soul. There may be somebody else. Yes. I'm just going to wait one more minute on somebody who needs God. 
You need them. You need them. You need them. I know you're here. There you go. 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 Yes, yes. Yes. Come on. Praise God. 